Hello, Marvelites. Welcome to episode six of This Week in Marvel. I am Agent M, Marvel.com editorial director, Ryan Panagos. And I am Ben Morse, associate editor of Marvel.com, coming at you once again. Yeah, so uh, as this show continues to evolve, we've got some new stuff going on this week. We're going to have uh, Mark Strom, Stromy, our West Coast editor, beamed in uh, in a separate feed. We have seven and a half unadulterated minutes of Mark Strom. Uh, but... If I listen to the seven and a half minutes of Mark Strom and it's really um, difficult to listen to because the recording quality is bad, not 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 anything about Mark. Nothing else. Then we'll have zero minutes of Stromy on right. this episode and we'll take care of his parts. But uh, we want to include Mark all the time. We're also going to have a guest quickly towards the end of the show. Hopefully, if he's in the office, Nick Lowe. I've put the word out and hopefully we'll grab him towards the end of the show. Uh, but first... Let's get into the comics on sale this week. Ben, start us off. Let's get right to it. We had Amazing Spider-Man, number 675, written by Dan Slott, with art by Giuseppe Camuncoli. Uh, this is the conclusion of the two-part Vulture story that was sort of an epilogue to Spider-Island. Um, it was very cool stuff. It was very uh, typical of the Dan Slott Spider-Man run, which has been great. Uh, great reinvention, once again, of the Vulture. The Vulture's always been interesting villain to me because you know visually he's scary looking but he's a decrepit old man so how do you make him <laughs> scary um how do, you, how do you make him a not so much how do you make him scary how do you make him a credible threat to spider-man uh dan slot takes a new approach here uh, he gives him his own gang as seen in the last issue but also messes around with his powers does some other stuff so we get a really cool spidey versus vulture fight but also the real highlight of this issue is Spidey and Carly Cooper, his now ex-girlfriend, who's also a cop, um, she now knows his secret, and they basically have to work together on this case, even though they just broke up. Um, for any of you who have been in a relationship and just broke up, you know the last thing you want to do is try to thwart a supervillain or crack a case right after that. So it's very awkward. But the relationship's really cool. I'm actually finding new life in the relationship uh, besides that. But also, you know, we, we get a look at the rest of Spidey's world. We get... A look at Mary Jane, what's going on with her, and a very fun little ending uh, involving two of the supporting characters coming together and what it's going to mean for not Spider-Man, but Peter Parker. It's kind of a fun ending. It's a nice little lighthearted yeah. story, but with consequences coming out of Spider-Island, and it sets up what's coming up. And uh, also great art by Giuseppe Camuncoli, who's slotting his way in as one of the regular Amazing Spider-Man artists. Fit slotting really his Spider-Man. way in? Yeah. I like what you did there. Yeah, slotting with, well... Would be with two T's anyways, but we'll put three T's to yeah. make it to make it a pun. Triple T. Uh, one thing I did like about that episode, that uh, issue was the relationship and how it broke down. I was thinking about the last relationship I was in before I met my wife, and it ended so horribly, and it was with just an awful person. Um, so I'm sort of envious of Peter and Carly actually being able to work together. It's awkward, but it's. Out of all the ways you can break up with someone and have to deal with them afterwards, they, they can kind of do it and, and handle it well. So kudos to them, as if they're real people, which they right. are. No, yeah, they totally. did a great job. Totally. They did a great job. Um, more Spider-Man action this week. We have Avenging Spider-Man number two. Um, so you've got Red Hulk, Rulk, and Spider-Man dealing with uh, some underground menace. And the uh, Mole Man is a prisoner. J. Jonah Jameson has been mistakenly uh, believed to be the, the the king of the overworld by the, this new menace that has uh, basically imprisoned Mole Man and the Moloids. 
Um, it's really cool. I mean, it's got gorgeous art by Joe Matarera and Zeb Wells is um, he 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 did a great run on uh, as part of the Brain Trust for Amazing Spider-Man. So I'm super happy he's back doing Spider-Man stuff with Avenging. Um, yeah, Joe Mad's art is incredible as always. Great faces, big hulking characters. Um, it's really terrific. And also very important about this issue, it is uh, the second book that we've released that has a free digital copy with the print version. So um, as always, we want you to go to your local comic shop, but doubly so for this issue, pick up the, the print copy, get your free digital version that you can redeem at marvel.com slash redeem. You get the print version for the Android app, the, uh, the iOS app, or the Marvel Chrome store. And then if you want, you already have the digital copy. Give the print to someone else. Get them started on Avenging Spider-Man or vice versa. Give them your digital code and keep the print copy. Um, it's two copies of the same issue for the same price. Share your comics with friends. It's awesome. Um, yeah, good stuff all around. I know our uh, one, one of our video team, Ramblin' Rich Herrera, has been talking up Avenging Spider-Man and how he it's his favorite J. Jonah Jameson portrayal of all time. It's tough to argue. Zeb Wells has a real good grasp on uh, J. Jonah. I yeah. mean, he knows Cranky really well. He sure does. He sure does. Uh, Zeb Wells, just one of the crankiest, laid-back uh, <laughs> California dudes you'll ever meet. Totally. Um, but yeah, J. Jonah Jameson's hilarious. He really, it's like, this is ostensibly a team-up between Spider-Man and Red Hulk, but it's almost like you get a third lead in the form of Jolly Jonah. <laughs> um Deadpool 47, written by Daniel Way, art by Salva Espin, continues the evil Deadpool arc, which sees a collection of Deadpool's severed limbs has come together and become an evil version of Deadpool. Uh, you know, there's all sorts of philosophical questions there about was Deadpool evil in the first place? Uh, how can this guy be more evil? The important thing is that evil Deadpool has a leg for an arm, uh, <laughs> and it's facing backwards, and it's awesome. Daniel Way is just a twisted genius. You can see it. You can't really see it on the cover here. I'm showing the, the physical comic to Ryan. But if you flip through, you can see. I've read the issue. He had a leg for an arm? arm? Yeah, man. Look that's at, all, I, look I just at know how he... big that arm is. That's not an arm. That's a leg. Oh, look, look that's at it gross. Later. Look at it later after the show. Yeah. In this issue, Captain America gets involved. Basically, Captain America has been a player on and off in the Deadpool series. He's kind of taken responsibility for Deadpool. Um, and tried to reform him. That's why he sent him to England to uh, psycho psychiatric care. It didn't work out. Now he knows Deadpool's back in the States. Basically, evil Deadpool blew up a bridge. And uh, I think uh, and Captain America thinks it was Deadpool. So you get a cool cat versus Deadpool fight here. It's Saba Espen does a great job for train. But Deadpool basically has to think his way out of this fight with Captain America. He has to figure out what evil Deadpool is going to do which is interesting because it's the whole thing where, you know, they've each got multiple voices in their head and they're trying to outguess each other. The voices are trying to outguess each other. They kind of have the same brain, but they don't have the same experiences. It's a very weird, quirky, awesome story. It also has Mr. Negative, one of my favorite uh, brand new day villains. And Deadpool comes up with a typically Deadpool plan to try and thwart evil Deadpool, uh, basically stay one step ahead of him. And it goes terribly. Uh, as Deadpool's plans are wont to do. Um, and the ending certainly leaves you wondering how the heck Deadpool's going to get out of this one. It's kooky, fun stuff. Daniel Way's coming up with weirdness. And Salva Espen continues to be one of my favorite artists on the rise. So Deadpool number 47, check that out. Yeah, and uh, 
it's all leading to big stuff in number 50. Which yep, number we'll 50. To. We got some teasers out this week, so if you if you check them out, check out Marvel.com to see what's coming up on uh, in Deadpool number 50. Awesome. Um, more Deadpool action this week. Deadpool Max Xmas. Max Xmas uh, special, number one. It's uh, another great Deadpool Max book. Uh, and it's, it's actually cool this, this month. We get art by um, Dave Lapham, who's also the writer. Uh, we get art by Kyle Baker. We get art by Sean Crystal and Lee Lowridge. Um, it's, you know, fun, wacky, really not safe for kids, Deadpool action. Cable's in it. There's some sex happening in this issue. There's lots of cursing. I know some people, that's going to move the needle for you. But it's actually good stories. Um, Dave Lapham is kind of a madman and writes some really twisted comics, um, which I love. And uh, I, I'm, I've talked about Deadpool Max numerous times on the show, um, but it's a good book, and I really want you guys to, to check it out. Um, and also, it's, it's a holiday book, so, you know. Jingle bells and all that good tis, stuff. Tis the season. Tis the season. Uh, our big launch this week was Defenders Number 1 by Matt Fraction and Terry Dodson. The words above the title, the logo, are uh, Protecting Humanity from the Impossible. I know we have also used the tagline Protecting Reality from Insanity. Both are very apt. This is a crazy <laughs> off-the-wall book. It's what you would expect when you pair Matt Fraction with Terry Dodson and let them write the Defenders, who are not you know, the Avengers or the X-Men. They're hardly what you would call mainstream. They're a group of misfits. They go after weird stuff. This is an off-the-wall book. Um, basically, you got everything from Doctor Strange dealing with like some sort of sleep zombies. You got Iron Fist foiling an assassination attempt going on in a zero-g spaceship, as uh, as he is want to as do. As he want to do. You have Silver Surfer becoming snow and <laughs> namor almost accidentally swallowing him uh this is just a hint of what's going on but the basic gist here is that the hulk comes to dr strange uh in the wake of fear itself saying that the uh null the creature he became the the worthy creature is still out there in some form and he's causing problems for the world uh the hulk doesn't want to deal with it he doesn't want to get near this again he asks Doctor Strange as a favor to him, basically get the band back together in terms of the Defenders, so he gets Namor and Silver Surfer. Um, and then for Muscle, gets Red She-Hulk in Hulk's place, and then they also need Iron Fist for his resources. we got this crazy team of five. They're going to go track down Null, uh, and they are going to try to stop him. Uh, it's, it's kind of a cool, like, you know, around-the-world quest. We're going to have to look at these things. But it's really just the oddball nature of this book, but also... The grasp Fraction has on the characters, his unique viewpoints, particularly as on Doctor Strange, mm. as this kind of like weirdo, older, like debutante. Uh, debutante's the wrong word. Yeah, but totally not. Roll a, with not it. Right. Uh, just this, this kind of like you know, this, he's he's the older professor who basically you know all the all the young girls have a crush on. He's just kind of like yeah, just doing my thing. Silver Surfer. He's writing as this kind of, he's rediscovered his humanity and he is totally like space. He's basically like a surfer dude. He's like Zeb Wells. Um, like snow fascinates him. Red She-Hulk is this great aggressive she-chick. But the real treat is Fraction coming back to Danny Rand, Iron Fist, who he did such a great job on an immortal Iron Fist. He is just this um, eccentric billionaire who loves flying in spaceships he's inventing zero gravity kung fu no one dialogues iron fist quite like matt fraction but it's just high adventure big concepts there's this cool thing where you know back in the day in comics 
at the in the bottom margins you used to there would be little like taglines for other books that are coming out or it would say like continued on next page yeah. fraction does that here or maybe it's not fraction maybe it's the editors whoever decided does this here um and includes all these teasers for stuff coming up in the book stuff coming up in other books it, it just it just heightens this air of mystery of what's going on in Defenders. It's a lot of clues to important stuff coming up. Defenders is a different kind of book. It's not Avengers. It's not X Men. But that's a that's a good thing. Those books are great. This book has its own identity. And uh, if you check it out, I think you're going to be really thrilled by the different kind of adventure you get taken on. Totally. Uh, one thing I just wanted to note is. Uh, I believe in the point one issue, there's a prelude. To, is it in point one or is it at the end of Fear Itself? Others, uh, there. Well, both had preludes. Both had pre. Yeah, both, yeah, had, both had, preludes. had preludes. The end of Fear Itself, uh, in number seven, had a little bit about Hulk, but in uh, point one, the the big one shot we did a month ago or so, there's uh, there's some stuff that is referenced in Defenders number one, um, and it will enhance your enjoyment of Defenders number one if you read them both. There's definitely a bigger story going on uh, in Defenders. This is not just a, you know, a, this is not by any means a small book. No. It's epic in scope. It's going to, you know, look at who's on the team. Doctor Strange, Silver Surfer, Namor. These are big characters who need big threats and have a big significance in the Marvel Universe. So big things coming from Defenders. Um, more Fear Itself follow-up. Fear Itself, The Fearless Number 4, written by Colin Bunn with Matt Fraction and Chris Yost, art by Mark Bagley and Paul Pelletier. Um, we have some, you know, background stuff with Valkyrie here, but the the primary focus shifts to Sin and Crossbones, who, you know, this whole book is about looking for the hammers of the worthy. They, in a sequence that Paul Pelletier just draws the crap out of, they look for the hammer that was held by Atuma, who was Necrod, or Nurkrod, whatever, however that was pronounced during Fear itself. Uh, he was the breaker of oceans. Um, so his hammer is at the bottom of the ocean, and of course, if you're going to the bottom of the ocean in the Marvel Universe, you're going to have to deal with Namor. Um, so Sin and Crossbones go to the bottom of the ocean, and they're just, you know, they're Sin and Crossbones. They're the uh, Sid and Nancy, Bonnie and Clyde of the supervillain set. They're crazy. They'll do anything. <laughs> uh, they blow up a shark. Um, it's crazy. It's awesome. Sin, not cool. It's not cool, but it's it's in the in the sense that it's a fictional. Kids story. don't go blowing up sharks. Please. Yeah, don't go blowing up sharks. But in this sense, you know, don't be like sin in most ways. Yeah, in, just in about pretty much any. Way. Yeah, yeah. Maybe don't be a crazy, racist, horrible human being. Yeah. Um, that would be good to neo, not be neo, those neo Nazi murderer. Yeah, don't don't do that. But in the context of the story, it's an interesting twist where basically they're being chased by sharks. And she blows up the biggest shark to distract the other sharks, which is a tactic I've never seen. Yeah. Um, but they get in a big fight with Namor. Uh, there's some ridiculous sea monsters that basically Sin knows how to unleash. The stakes are high. Stuff is crazy. Again, this is another, like Defender, it's another quest story uh, where people, they're, they're kind of tracking down what's going on. And just, it's, 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 it's super fun. I love, I love Cullen's handle on Crossbones and Sin. Uh, the little Namor stuff we get, and the art by Pelletier, again, is... Oh, yeah, top notch. Yeah. And, like I said, we get a little bit on Valkyrie, and we also get a set for the next issue, where Valkyrie is going after another hammer of her own, and it's going to lead her into conflict... Conflict? Conflict? Conflict with the Thing from the Future Foundation, who was also one of the worthy. So, look forward to that coming up in The Fearless. Yeah. Uh, up next, we have Hulk, number 45, by Jeff Parker and Patrick Zercher. 
Um, I, I really dig this book. And Patrick Zercher, just ridiculous. His art is gorgeous. Um, I, he does a really a lot of cool stuff with shades and and you know making sure that the the blacks are really deep. And I know that's a lot of you know on the colorist Rochelle Rosenberg, but the way you know it's put together and his layouts and everything, uh, I dig it. So in this issue, you find out um, a ton about uh, Dagan Shah, the Sultan Magus. Magus. Very cool new villain. Yeah. It's hard to create new villains in uh, in comics these days, but I like the, I like the Sultan Magus. Yeah. Oh, and he, he's got this really creepy like menagerie of hench people, but you find out you know where they came from, where their powers stem from, what his plans are, his motives are. Um, Red Hulk and Machine Man are sort of, you know, they're trapped, they break out, this, that, and the other thing. There's um, the Arabian Knight, who I think is a great character, and I, I like seeing him yeah. um, He doesn't show do up. much this issue. He doesn't do much, but, like, he's there. you know, like, he's there, and so you get a hint that there's more to come from him. Hopefully, right. Hopefully. They, they free him and... You know, we'll see what happens there. Yeah. Um, but then there's there's this great final page. You know, a classic Marvel Comics final page cliffhanger where stuff... Yeah, things don't look good yeah. for our heroes. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, yeah. Good book. I'm digging it a lot. Hulk of Arabia Part 4. I believe Patrick Zercher is officially going by Patch Zercher now. Patch? Yeah, because I, I knew he was going by that. That's on, that's on his Twitter. It's his Twitter. It was online, although I think he shut down his Twitter. What? Um, yeah, I tried, tried going there the other day. It wasn't around anymore. Man. Maybe it was down for maintenance. I don't know. But I saw <laughs> an advertisement for the point one issue of Secret Avengers coming up that he draws. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have the names on the bottom. It said Rick Remender, Patch Zercher. So I think he's officially switched over to Patch. Hey man, let's re- let's respect his wishes. Yeah, totally. He's he's, he's a talented a talented man and a gentle a gentle soul. So. Rocket Patch, Moon Knight number eight. Bit of a downtime issue for Moon Knight. In the last issue, finally found out who the kingpin of Los Angeles was. It's Count Nefaria, classic Avengers and Thor villain. Um, not really Thor villain. He he fought Thor in Avengers. Classic Avengers villain. Uh, powerful dude. So this is kind of the aftermath of Moon Knight knows who he's going after. Um, so here he kind of confers with his support team, which includes Echo. Um, this deals a lot with them becoming closer. It deals with the police and how they are approaching this whole Count Nefari situation. Some want to leave it alone. Uh, one of the detectives who Moon Knight has befriended wants to get up on it. So <laughs> they're determining that. Uh, what really blew me away in this issue is Alex Maleev's art. Um, you know, Alex Maleev. Is, it's not a surprise to see great art by Alex Maleev. Um, he's been doing it for years, and he's pretty much always been amazing. But from cover to final page here, this is really just, just beautiful stuff. Um, Moon Knight's a character he was, you know, born to draw, just with the contrasting whites and the blacks and the stuff he does here. It's a beautiful story. Uh, Brian Bendis is setting up some intricate relationships. So, Moon Knight, this is a good this is a good issue to hop on because they do kind of catch you up with what's going on, and it'll, it'll send it into the next arc where it's gonna have to deal with Count Nefaria head on, which is no easy task for anyone, let alone Moon Knight, who's, yeah. who's crazy, totally crazy. FYI. I love Bendis's interpretation of the crazy and the character and and everything that they're doing with him right now. Uh, a lot of fun. I mean, over the last couple of years, we've done a bunch of Moon Knight books, so. Each one sort of has its own tone and flavor, and I really dig where this is at right now. Uh, up next, The Punisher, number six. Um, sort of, I love the the book because The Punisher has sort of stepped back. I mean, it's his book, but he's also sort of stepped back as the 
main driving force of every page. You've got this great character, um, the Marine Sergeant Rachel Cole Alves, who's on her own quest for revenge and, and sort of getting back at the people who killed her family and murdered pretty much everyone at her wedding. Um, and you've got, you know, all the crime bosses and you've got the detectives and you've got everything sort of coming together around Punisher. And I think it works perfectly. Uh, Punisher barely speaks, which adds to his mystique and adds to the the weight of everything he's doing and, and the nightmare that he pretty much is. He's just a scary dude. And I love, last week we talked, uh, the last time we talked about the Punisher, we talked about how he spray painted um, the skull on his on a, on a black shirt and in this one he's in the snow and he basically spray paints a black skull on a white on his like white costume it's a variant yeah he's, he's got a variant costume in this it's, in this issue it's arctic punisher arctic punisher um and it it, <laughs> it it everything sort of comes full circle punisher runs into alves and there's <clears throat> all this action <clears throat> that they're getting into um greg rocca really knocking it out of the park on this book um but i, I want to say big big ups to the artists who joined for this issue uh the, not the regular artists on the book but matthew southworth and matthew clark um and colorist matt hollingsworth the triple matt team yeah. is is incredible on this issue they sort of you know the southworth and clark handle the two sides of the story and everything comes together and even on that, there's a really great last page with the incorporating both their styles. And oh man, because you've got you got the dueling narratives to the issue. If you got the Punisher scenes and you got the Alves scenes, so Punisher is drawn by Southworth and uh, Clark. Clark draws Alves. Alves. But yeah, you, the page you have open right now, which you guys can't see because we're on a podcast, but Ryan and I can look at it. Yeah, um, we're looking at is, it. Is they drew this page together of them coming together? It's super cool. It's 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 not something you usually see. Yeah books neat visual experiment yeah love it thor the deviant saga number two by rob Rody and steven segovia was basically if you're if you love obscure marvel characters and in particular if you like the eternals um as i do uh this is just cool little like throw like a, a shout out to you because it's just thor uh, Buttonheads with the most obscure Eternals. The Eternals are pretty obscure to begin with, <laughs> um, but we don't even have it's. This isn't even like Cersei or Icarus. This is like Virago and uh, Carcass. Carcass. Love Carcass. And also uh, Ransack, um, <laughs> Crow, a, a, a Deviant. I didn't even know. I got to look up his name because I couldn't. I didn't know it the first time. But uh, basically, it's. Thor, a Tutanax. Of course. Tutanax. Duh. A deviant I had never heard of. But uh, in, in, in the previous issue, the deviant sorceress, Erish Coggle, had stolen an Asgardian artifact of great power. Thor knows he's screwed. He goes to the Eternals to petition for help. Unfortunately, if you read the last couple of Eternals series, you know the Eternals are not around right now. They're scattered to the winds, doing their own thing. Uh, but he does find Virago, who's an old-school Eternal, who was thought to be dead. He finds Carcass and Ransack, who are two deviants who are on the Eternal side. Um, and he tries to like get some info and some help from them. But basically, the deviants, led by Crow and Tutanax, uh, ambush them, leading to a big fight. Some cool, crazy ideas. I love Rob Roddy's stuff. But more for me, it's just cool to see these characters. I remember in the 90s, I read an issue of Avengers 
where they had it was the first time I'd ever seen they didn't really have the Eternals they had the Deviants um, but it got into like the Deviants mythology of everything and uh, it was Cersei needed help the Avengers had all gotten captured by uh, the Deviants and Cersei needed help so she goes to Warlord Crow who's one of the Deviants and asks him to find her help so he tracks down a bunch of Deviants who up to this point you know were hidden among society uh, he forms this group called Delta Force, I still remember. Um, and <laughs> it included all these weirdo characters, but two of them were Carcass and Ransack, um, who were existing Eternals characters. The whole deal being that Carcass is this huge, giant red monster. And Ransack is this incredibly good-looking deviant who thinks he's hideous because all deviants are ugly. So him being incredibly good-looking made him like the outcast of the deviants. And they're part of the team. They're in this book. I love how Rob Brody writes them. It's just, you know, it's a fun little... If you, if, you, if you know these characters and love them, you should read it. If you want to meet some new characters who you've probably never heard of but have a really cool pedigree, check this out. It's, it, it's a neat book that uh, you may not think of. Also, Karnak. That's all I have to say about that. Is Karnak in the book? Karnak's in the book. Where? Isn't that who... Carcass? Carcass, sorry. Karnak, yeah. not Karnak. Karnak is Carcass. not. I would not miss a yeah. Karnak. Opinions. No, can't miss Karnak. Sorry. Uh, Venom number 10. Up next, we have, uh, by Rick Remender, Land Medina. First up, great, 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 great cover by Tony Moore. You've got Venom with Cap's helmet uh, and riding Cap's bike, which, dun-dun-dun, feeds into what's going on the issue. And, Ben, you have more encyclopedic knowledge of Marvel than sure. I do. Is Crime Master the the character shows up in this? Is he? He's been around for a the while. The original Crime Master harkens back to the early days of Amazing Spider-Man. Um, he was a mystery villain back there, but he is long gone. So mm-hmm. this is a new Crime Master. So he's basically a legacy villain. Cool. So he first appeared in Venom, but there is there is history there. Very good. Uh, we've got Crime Master, and you've got the resurrected Jack O' Lantern, who's super creepy and just. Such a jerk. Um, also, he's hideously deformed right now. Um, and you've got Captain America and a big fight between Cap and um, Flash Thompson Venom uh, in the snow. And it's it's great because Rick Remender writes Flash in a, ver- in a way that Flash as Venom is not like another other character. He has a very specific inner dialogue. He has a very specific way of, of acting and speaking. So... The character is really well drawn out, and um, it's not like you're just reading a generic superhero. Not that you will be reading generic superheroes, but I, every time I read a Venom issue, you know, you read Venom's dialogue and Venom's, um, you know, thought thought boxes and everything, and it's it's very much that character. It's really spot on. I love what Rick's done with the book, and then the, the fight with Cap is is pretty terrific. Um, and then there's the ending issue, which leads into a whole new. Um, place where the book is going starting with number 11 is there a point one issue coming up soon i can't remember i don't think there's a point one issue of venom but he's going to be heading to vegas um where a new story arc is going to begin and then also coming up in february we've got venom circle of four right there's gonna be four issues of venom in one month guest starring x23 ghost rider red hulk so there's kind of a new direction coming up i don't believe there's a point one issue cool um yet rock and roll you said it won't uh, staying on the dark side of the Marvel Universe a bit, we got Villains for Hire debuted this week. The first issue of the four-issue uh, limited series written by Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning. Art by Renato Arlem, one of my favorites, uh, who, who 
doesn't always get enough love, but Run RLM is cool, gritty stuff. This is basically, for lack of a better way to describe it, a supervillain civil war. Uh, the Purple Man has set up his own group of kind of, basically a supervillain gang that's going to go out and get jobs done for him. Uh, he originally came up with the Heroes for Hire concept as a con. Uh, Misty Knight figured it out and stole it from him. So he's like, all right, I'm going to take the entire concept of Heroes for Hire, flip it, use villains, and use it for crime. He's got an uh, array of people working for him, including Avalanche, Scourge. The current Scourge is actually Nuke. Uh, a new Deathstalker, female Deathstalker, for people who remember that character from the 80s. And can't believe Strami's not here, but the Shocker. Shocker. Heavily featured in this issue. Yeah. Making Strami's day. Um, so basically, they go out. They're trying to pull a job. He's got. Oh, he's also got Headhunter working for him. Who's this weird character from the 1990s Namor series by John Byrne? Um, yes. She's, she's basically. She's basically like you know a headhunter's like a recruiter. For jobs. I'm aware. You're aware. So that's what she <laughs> is. But for supervillains, she goes out and like finds up. And also her quirk is it, Namor was that she used to she used to keep the heads of people she negotiated with. Isn't that what all headhunters do in real life? We gotta talk after this is over. You may need to talk with HR. Yeah, I, um, I've been... You've been wow. out of the loop. You've been out of the loop. But, you know, they're trying to pull a job and everything's going swimmingly when suddenly uh, Crossfire, Deadly Nightshade, Tiger Shark, all these other crazy villains show up and they're like, no, you're not gonna steal this stuff. We're gonna steal this stuff. And it's just this down and dirty issue of fighting, which is fun in the sense that, you know, we, we've seen heroes fight. They usually have their... We fight, misunderstanding, oh, we make up, let's team up. When villains fight, it's just nasty. They're just mean. They melt each other's faces off, literally, in this issue. Like, they use dirty tricks. So it's a lot of fun. You can tell Dan Abnett and Annie Lane are having fun with this. But um, it, it, it's a whole issue of villains fighting each other. And at the end, you find out Misty Knight is still very much in the picture. Um, she is behind this other group of villains she has her own means and it's basically what, what what promises the next three issues are going to be misty knight and purple man each with a group of villains fighting over this stake in new york city to run this operation this villains for hire operation and it's it's going to get nasty the next cover shows tiger shark biting scourge's gun and you know that's, that's just, what he does it's just mean yeah Giant tiger teeth. shark just jumps in there and dives so a lot of fun a lot of nasty stuff great cover by uh Rodolfo, Rodolfo Migliari. Migliari, yeah. Yeah, beautiful cover. Really great cover. And also, I love the cover, the logo treatment with all the dollar signs. Yeah. Love dollar signs. Money, what money, can I money, say? money. Yeah. Yep. Uh, next up, X-23, number 18. The What is this, the second part of Misadventures in Babysitting by Marjorie Liu and Sana Takeda. Yeah, this is... X-23 is so good. I love this book. Uh, you've got a dragon. You've got X-23. You've got the, uh, the Richards kids, Franklin and Valeria. Right. Um, you've got sort of interdimensional hopping business going on. You've got Hellion with uh, without his hands. He's got his metal metal hands and his psychic power. What is, like telekinesis, right? Yeah, he's telekinetic. Yeah. He's telekinetic. Um, and you've got some, some romance coming back in the picture yeah. for uh, for X, which is terrific. She's so... She's, she's just like this black hole of emotion. She's, she's not... <laughs> she has no emotion, so it's nice to see... Maybe having some happiness, maybe something going on, and then stuff goes down. Uh, great issue, big robot, 
dragons. Did I mention the dragon? Because yeah. I, I love really your, love the dragon. I like the way you're doing this, where you're doing kind of a running commentary as you flip through and just look at all the cool stuff. This is a very good way to, to recap. Yeah, because I, I read it a bunch of days ago, so yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. trying to I'm get, get through approve. it again. I approve. And uh, this guy. Yeah, the collector. Collector. The, the last guy I expected to see in X-23, yeah. and X-23 is the last book I expected to see the collector in. But it's awesome. It's fun, man. I like The things I like about this book is I, I love that you know a lot of the first year plus of this book was about x-23 being x-23 this crazy assassin who's had this terrible childhood i love that this arc is kind of an attempt to see what happens when they try to inject her into a very normal thing like babysitting yeah number one i love that she try she's really trying hard yeah. like even though she is emotionless like she really wants to be a good babysitter which is a great goal for any you know <laughs> young person but, you know, she's babysitting the, the, the future Foundation kids. And, and that's funny in itself. Just sort of like, I'm responsible for these kids. I need to take care of this. But, you know, I love the stuff with her and Hellion. You know, as, as a big fan of teen romance uh, TV shows, as you know, um, you know, the, this stuff's great for me. The, the dark, not meant to be together, this will never work, lovers trying to make it work, just completely melodramatic. And, you know, this is what Marjorie Lou does. She writes young adult novels. Um, so injecting this into her book was kind Are of... Are they young adult book. novels? I think so. I think they're... Whatever. She, she, writes, she, she writes, writes, writes a bunch of novels. She writes real person novels, but she also... I know she has worked in the young yeah. adult field. She's, she's done that stuff. So she... Uh, you know, I'm not saying like, you know, this, this is not an issue of Twilight. It's an issue of Twilight as if it were done the right way. The X-23 Way by Marjorie Lou. You're just digging a hole. No, I'm not digging a hole, man. There's a lot of people who watch those movies. I don't watch those movies, but, you know, this is a potential audience. you got to learn to broaden your horizons. My horizons are broad, dude. Yeah, all right. Anyways, let's move on. Let's, yeah. let's get the hell out of X-23 country. <laughs> I would love to go back there some other time. Sleeper book of the week. This is, as every week, we, we implore you to not sleep on a certain book. You know what? I'm going beyond just sleeper book of the week. Sleeper book of the year? Pick of the week. Pick of the week. Pick All right. Week. All right. Well, I, 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 I think there's validity to that. But X Club number one, a book you do not want to sleep on, uh, written by Cy Spurrier, art by Paul Davidson. What a book. The X Club is so fun. It's Dr. Nemesis, Madison Jeffries, Kavita Rao, Danger. Um, and this is the story of them on Utopia trying to build an elevator to space uh, for big Why corporation. Not? Why not? They have the abilities. Um, and... There is stuff amiss. Stuff is not going well. Um, something happens to danger. But, you know, the real joy of this is just Cy Spurrier's writing and the way he writes his characters. Though he has so much fun with them. Dr. Nemesis is such a great character. He's, he's, he's a recent creation. Matt Fraction just created him a couple of years ago. Yeah. But Cy Spurrier has really made him his own. This just jerky scientist <laughs> who talks like nobody talks in real life. Uh, but also, I mean, he has Madison Jeffries. He's kind of this uneasy dude. Danger, who's this killer robot. Computer. Madison Jeffries, who's horny for machines. Exactly. Madison Jeffries, who totally wants to get it on with Danger, who has no idea. Danger's a killer robot, who's just walking around like, hey, yeah, what's the big deal? I'm a killer robot. Kavita Rao. Um, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant yeah. lady who is just being underutilized yep. and is getting more and more pissed off throughout it's, the it's issue. It's cool to watch it kind of bubbling under yeah. the surface. I want to see her punch Nemesis in the face. It's going to be great, yeah, and right, right in his surgical mask. Yeah. Um, but, man, beyond that, it's just like, 
oh, Cyclops is so entertaining in this issue with his, I'm tr- like, Cyclops just, he's in full PR mode because <laughs> this space elevator is supposed to make mutants look good. Some of the great lines he has in this issue where he's just like, um, when something goes wrong, he just yells, it had nothing to do with mutant kind. He's just like, he's up on a podium. There's also this dude in a big cowboy hat who runs the corporation who's sponsoring the tele- the Those are most corporate elevator. leaders. Yeah, exactly, most corporate leaders. Oh, it's just such a fun book. It's, 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 you know, you know that we love a book because we have trouble putting into words exactly what we love about it. Yeah. We just kind of ramble it's about it. It's not like cool we're elements. writers by trade and yeah, editors no. and stuff who actually work with words. Right. There's, um, there's a really great shot in here. Uh, you know, probably in the first 10 pages or so, Paul Davidson, um, you know, we're talking about Cyclops. Paul Davidson draws this really fantastic shot of Cyclops where he's leaning over. Uh, Kavita Rao's shoulder yeah. just interjecting <laughs> a little bit trying to like do his little PR thing it's it, it's just terrific I love this Cyclops I yeah. think Cy Sparrier Cyclops series would, would hit the spot Paul Davidson's really good man he, he's got a touch of Paul Galassi to him yes just that kind of like yes. the way he uses just, just it's not intricate it's just plain shapes but the way they're superimposed on one another to just make beautiful art but oh man there's, there's action humor there's some World War II stuff in here, tying back to the invaders. There's, I can't say enough good things. X-Club is the book you do not want to sleep on this week. Maybe our pick of the week. Super fun. And the last panel of the book is one of my favorites this year. I'm last showing it to Ben. You guys can't see it, but you should if you pick exactly. up the issue. It's, that's the issue. That's the panel that's prompted by Cyclops saying this had nothing to do with mutant kind. <laughs> And then a panel happens. Yep. And it's a great, great panel. I know yeah. exactly what you're talking about. Seriously, I know uh, some of you guys go out and pick up some of the books that we talk about. Um, if there's one book I want you to pick up, I mean, I want you to pick up all the books, but X23 number one, uh, X23, no, X Club number one, totally, totally, yeah. you got to get it. It would be great to see a, a bump for that. So, yeah, that's our recommendation. Tweet tweet about it, too. Tell everyone how great X yeah, Club is. Yeah, totally. I, I know Cy Spurrier is on the tweets. Yeah. Um, I can't remember exactly what his Twitter handle is. Just, but, look, uh, just look up Simon Spurrier. Yeah. And then I'm sure you'll find him. Up next, X-Factor, number 228. Uh, brutal issue. I mean, I love this book. Peter David is sort of just the biggest jerk when it comes to <laughs> wow. um, characters. Because he puts them through so much stuff. And That's as true. a reader, I love it. He's I, I love X-Factor. But reading all the horrible things he does to all these characters every month, just, it's so, it bums me out. Especially, you know, for a while it was horrible things to uh, to Wolfsbane. And then horrible things to, uh, to Siren. Horrible things to Layla. You know, finally we had some good stuff for Richter. Great. Horrible yeah. things to Madrox. Yeah. Horrible things to Strong Guy. Yeah. And then you find out some really big stuff for Strong Guy in this issue. And there's a there's a great panel uh, where everybody reacts to it, and they're like, "Oh!" And he it's really great art by it's Leonard sad. Kirk in this yeah. issue. Yeah, this this issue's it, it's sadder than some of the other issues. It still has its right. you know its levity. It still has its you know fun moments. It has tons of action. They're great coloring yeah. on this book too. They're fighting bloodbath, new yeah. villain. With you know, cool looking. Weapon, which has like a bunch of different knives on it. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, but yeah, man, what you're talking about is cool because that's the thing. That's the thing with Peter David. Um, he's so known for his humor, especially on X Factor, that he will blindside you with how good he does other powerful motions. He can do heavy stuff, and 
you know, the other cool thing about X Factor is it's, it's like a cast of thousands. There, are, there's so much going on in this book. Yeah, X Factor is one of my favorites, month in and month out too. Do you think is Peter David meaner to X Factor than Jason Aaron is to Wolverine? Mmm, that's tough. It's tough, right? Oof. Jason Aaron's a jerk to Wolverine. They are horrible Speed people. Too. You know these guys are just working out some right. major things by putting these characters through. Well, they're the very nice guys, so this yeah, is probably, probably where they get it all out. Yeah. Just, they get it out through it's the Better comics. through the comics than yeah. in any sort of real-life situation. It's true. It's true. Uh, one other point in the recap page, the very beginning, and he does this every month. Oh, Peter God. David does really, there's a great recap page. Well, Daniel Ketchum helps with it. Ke- yeah, of course. Daniel Ketchum, the editor. Uh, but they have the, the recap page about literally what's gone on in the last you know couple issues, catching you up if you've not read it. Right. But then, there's especially in this issue, there's a great recap page where Peter David shills about uh, some Marvel mini-mates that were made from the, uh, the Death of Gene DeWolf. Story that he wrote way back in the day, um, and then he's like, "Well, if you want X Factor mini mates, tell him." And seriously, yeah, tweet to collect DST if you want some X Factor mini mates. We just had um, Diamond Select Toys representative Zach Oat in the office a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, so we're planning some some coverage of their stuff. But um, they're always looking for you know what the fans want to see, so it's it's totally cool. And then you know you can let them know that you read about it in X Factor, you heard about it on the podcast. And you want your darned X-Factor mini-mates. Finally, last but not least, we have X-Men number 22 by Victor Gishler and Will Conrad. uh, Continuing the first Regenesis arc of X-Men, which has sent Storm, Domino, Psylocke, Colossus, Jubilee, and Warpath uh, into the war-torn Eastern Bloc, where they're contending with uh, some Black Market Sentinels, um, and War Machine is there. Uh, War Machine at first was kind of opposing them, saying, like, you guys can't get involved here. The United Nations doesn't want us to. But now the people who have the Sentinels have basically said, hey, we've got Sentinels. We're going to go declare war on Samarkia, Silver Sable's country. We're going to mess with Latveria. We're going to mess with Dracula. So they've unleashed this fleet of Sentinels, and now it's up to the X-Men and War Machine to stop these Sentinels and also try to stabilize this region somehow. Um, You know, it's a classic X-Men versus Sentinels issue you know it's, it's it's always fun when the x-men fight the sentinels whether it's on the cartoon back in the day those are my favorite things when they fought the sentinels on the cartoon was you know when you're fighting just a villain you know it's this back and forth and back and forth the sentinels are always a good chance to see the x-men just get to cut loose with their powers and just destroy these giant robots because there's also there's always a dozen more like i always love when storm used to just mess with the yeah. sentinels in and the cartoon. when when morph really went oh wait when morph died yeah, yeah. I don't know why Morph was fighting Sentinels. I mean, yeah. his, his powers was just a shapeshift. Yeah. That was a bad idea. Stay it in was the car, Cyclops' Morph. fault because Wolverine punched him in the stomach afterwards and said, this was your fault. You <laughs> love, yeah. love that shot. It's a great scene where Wolverine, Cyclops is apologizing. Wolverine just belts him in the stomach. <laughs> he doubles over. But back to this X-Men. Yeah, right, right, right. Man, I love the art by Will Conrad. Will Conrad's another guy, kind of like we were talking about Paul Davidson, who makes great use of like shading and darks and shapes and just... It was a great job. There's cool Jubilee stuff here yep. where she goes full-on vampire, and you're kind of like, is she crazy? <laughs> she might be crazy. Um, she, like, jumps onto the foot of a sentinel as it's flying away and tries to deal with that. Storm does some cool stuff. Domino gets to show off. Um, this is a good showcase for, you know, as we've always praised Victor Gishler for kind of doing these great off-to-the-side stories where he just does tons of characters, a lot of times overlooked characters. This is another great X-Men story from Gishler and Conrad. Uh you see it by the cool cover by Adi Granoff. It's hard to miss, and you know this keeps rolling along. 
great book. X-Men. Totally. Um, let's see. Next on the schedule for this week in Marvel, episode six, uh, we're going to run down the collections on sale this week. So you have Spider-Man Through the Decades, Essential Fantastic Four, Volume 6, Essential Rawhide Kid, Volume 2, Essential Spider-Man, Volume 6. A lot of essentials this week. Those mm -hmm. are great, mm -hmm. uh, especially in the holidays. If you want to give someone uh, like a quick entry point into lots and lots of great comics, boom, buy them some essentials. Um, and then finally, the final volume of New X-Men by Grant Morrison, Book 8. It's... Um, so one of my favorite runs in comics, and right. I'm actually going to go through real soon and reread the entire Grant Morrison run right. on New X-Men. I did that last year. Nice. Very rewarding. Totally. Uh, we also have our Dan Date digital comics, which are basically we described some of the new comics just now. These are comics you can also get using the Marvel Comics app on your Android or iOS devices. Um, so we're going to run those down real quick. Uh, some of those we talked about, Amazing Spider-Man number 675, Avenging Spider-Man number 2, Deadpool number 47, Defenders number one, Fear Itself the Fearless number four, Venom number 10, Villains for Hire number one, X-23 number 18, X-Club number one, X-Factor number 228, and X-Men number two, 22 are all print comics that you can get uh, on the Marvel Comics app right now. In addition to that, we also have a digital exclusive, which is Marvel Holiday number four. Uh, it is a, you know, the last part of our holiday special. Um, I think all four issues of that are now available digitally. The right up-and-coming creators, who, again, we've been spotlighting on Marvel.com this week. Check out those articles. Check out these stories. These guys could be future superstars. Uh, they're doing some really cool stuff. And uh, those, those are all things you can check out on the Marvel Comics app. Yep. Um, also, books released on the app this week that are already out in print or what have you. Uh, new books on the app. Astonishing Spider-Man and Wolverine. Um, the, the full series of that is now up there. And that's a great book by Jason Aaron and um, Adam Kubert. Adam Kubert, thank you very much. You got Mojo, you got some cool new villains, you've got time travel and dimension, and just it's a totally bananas, really off the wall story. I loved it. We got Deadpool, current series number 19 through 22, which is actually the Hitmonkey and Spider Man issues. So it guest stars Spider Man and also introduces the new character of Hitmonkey, Axel Alonso, editor in chief of Marvel's. Perhaps favorite character. Yeah, he loves him some Hit Monkey. So Who doesn't? go ahead and check those out. And we also have Fear Itself number seven point one, which was the Fear Itself immediate epilogue issue, the Captain America issue by Ed Brubaker and Butch Guys, which uh, basically revealed the fate of Bucky Barnes and yep. sets up the new Winter Soldier series coming next year. Crucial. Uh, we've got Heroes for Hire, the the most recent series, the first what is that the first five issues first five issues of Heroes for Hire great stuff by Abnett and Lanning and um, so I mean I love Misty Knight so yep. um, really love Heroes for Hire and then we have the full 12 issue run of Heroes Reborn Avengers for say what that's right Heroes Reborn Avengers was uh, the title that was taken over by uh, we, we, Heroes Reborn was when Rob Liefeld and Jim Lee came back to Marvel in 1996. They took four titles and they basically relaunched them from scratch. This was Rob Liefeld's take on the Avengers for 12 issues. It's some crazy banana stuff. Um, it's the Avengers if you've never seen them before. If you've ever gotten to check this out, this is a book I couldn't read for years because I wasn't reading comics at the time. And then we finally put the trade out and now it's available digitally. It's a, it's a, it's a neat part of Marvel history to check out. It's, it's kind of off to its own, off in the corner, own thing. But if you ever wondered how a very different creative mind would handle the Avengers, this is your ticket. Yes. 
Uh, Incredible Hulk 609 to 611. Uh, I don't remember what those issues are off the top of my head, but we love Incredible Hulk. That's some great Pac action. Yeah. Uh, I think that was that was as the run was winding down. Yeah, down. yeah. Probably part, part of the monster stuff. Yep. And then as we talked about, Marvel Holiday Special. Uh, collections released on the app this week. Um, as always, we have you know digital collections. We're expanding those and the great value in those collections. Um, they are you know usually around nine ten dollars give or take depending on how many issues are in there. Uh, but this week we've got Astonishing X Men Volume Three Torn. Uh, that's uh, obviously some more Joss Whedon, John mm-hmm. Cassidy awesomeness. Uh, Avengers Forever, which is a, a favorite for Ben and myself. Yep. That is. We've talked about it before on this show. Yeah, that is um, that is definitely one of my favorite Marvel stories of all time, let alone Avengers stories. It's your Avengers gateway. If you have never read Avengers before and want to know what all the fuss is about, Avengers Forever is a great 12-issue, awesome story with incredible Carlos Pacheco art. Oh, my God. With everything, other dimensions, Ugh. time travel, all this crazy stuff. Kang wearing his awesome big yep. thigh boot, yep. thigh high boots. And Ugh. Kurt Busiek just basically gives you a crash course in this is what you need to know about the Avengers. Yeah. Um, it throws you in the deep end, but you will love it. Yeah. Daredevil Yellow, um, Jeff Loeb, Tim Sale, and fantastic, yep. classic Daredevil story. Um, all the you, color books are, are terrific. Make you cry. Yeah. It's very sad. Yeah, if you don't cry, yeah. you have no heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thor by JMS Volume 3 uh, really good run on Thor by JMS and uh, the various artists that were working on that book um, Ultimate X-Men Volume 3 World Tour some cool Mark Miller uh, X-Men stuff yeah that's this oh wait is, this is the introduction of yeah this is Mark Miller no I know but is this the one with the Gam- with Gambit was that in Volume no, 2 no 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 that's this is not Gambit it may, it may have the two issue Gambit but I'm pretty sure this is this is more focused on Ultimate Proteus Whew. Introduce Ultimate okay. Psylocke. It's Chris Pachalo art. It's yeah, good stuff. They're good all stuff. They're, they're going around the world doing different stuff. Nice. There may be Gambit. There may be Gambit. All right, let's move past. Yeah. Uh, X Men: Age of Apocalypse Epic Volume uh, Book Two. Um, you know, I know you guys are Age of Apocalypse fans, and we have the new Age of Apocalypse uh, series coming up yes. next year. So. You want to uh, catch up on the Age of Apocalypse yeah. stuff if you've never read it before. If you read Age of Apocalypse, or if you've met the Age of Apocalypse in the first time in uh, Uncanny X-Force and want to want to know where they came from, this is a good opportunity to see where these crazy alternate versions of the X-Men showed up for the first time. Yes, indeed. So those are all the books on the app. But if you have a Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited subscription, which I hope you do, it's a great gift for the holidays as well. Um, we probably have some some codes and stuff like that, uh, so discount codes coming up around now. So um, tweet us if you want to know about saving some money on a digital comics subscription. But new books available this week. Ben, why don't you start it off sure. with Monday and Tuesday? On Monday, uh, we released Age of X Alpha number one, which is the kickoff to the whole Age of X series. That came out earlier this year. We also released Amazing Spider-Man number six fifty two. Ant-Man and the Wasp, number three, Astonishing Thor, number two, and issue number 152 of Ultimate Comics Spider-Man, the most recent series, which was winding to the end of Ultimate Peter Parker. Uh, On Tuesday, some recent stuff and some very cool stuff. Uh, Avengers, number nine from the most recent series. Avengers Academy, number eight from the most recent series and only series of Avengers Academy. (laughs) Uh, Avengers Prime, number five, which is the final issue of that limited series. Invincible Iron Man, number 500, the gigantic awesome through the ages iron man story by matt fraction and a bevy of artists uh and finally iron man thor number three yep uh let's see uncanny x-men 532 this is for wednesday yep sorry uh 
we see that uh, these come out. You know, we put out about five books every day. Um, so we're, we break these down by days. Sorry about that. Uh, Wolverine and Jubilee, number one, which was one of my favorite books uh, of that year. That was the uh, Marjorie Lou Phil Noto yes. series. Love yeah. that book. Uh, Wolverine, the best there is. Two through four. Uh, one of our one of the books we really love. It's just super crazy Wolverine action. Uh, Thor uh, books that came out on Thursday. It's out today. Just is it today Thursday? Today is Thursday, Man, my friends. This it's week has been wild. Uh, Thor number 219, 220, 222, and 224. I don't know why 221 and 223 aren't on here. Yeah, it's very strange. They may be out already. There's yeah. um, what we're trying to what we always try to do on Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited, fill holes, make sure all storylines are complete. So this is probably filling a run. And if not, we'll make sure that those other issues, if they are missing, do get filled in. And finally, Thor the Mighty Avenger number eight. Um, one of the best books we put out this decade. Yeah, and concluding tomorrow, we can look forward to on Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited. You see Black Panther: The Man Without Fear number five fourteen, Captain America: Hail Hydra number one, very cool. Jonathan Mayberry limited series came out. Uh, Chaos War number five, I believe the final issue of that book. Fantastic Four number five eighty seven, and Ultimate Comics Doom number two. So that is what we've got for uh, the Marvel. Digital Comics Unlimited books coming out this week. And uh, right now, we're going to go to Mark Stromy Strom over in L.A. to give us the rundown on the big TV stuff this week. Uh, so enjoy seven minutes of unadulterated, unfiltered, unrelenting Mark Strom. Hey there, listeners. This is uh, Marvel.com assistant editor Mark Strom, a.k.a. Stromy, coming to you from beautiful, mostly always sunny Los Angeles. Um, just joining uh, Ryan and Ben since they're requiring it early in New York, uh, and I do not want to wake up at, you know, 5 in the morning my time to record with them. So... Uh, this week in video games, we had a couple of cool things. We had the Amazing Spider-Man, uh, teaser trailer. Well, it's like a teaser for the trailer, because the trailer, uh, for the video game of the Amazing Spider-Man is going to make its world premiere at the Video Game Awards this upcoming Saturday, December 10th, uh, and they are live beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern, so, you know, 5 p.m., my time, aka Pacific time, and uh, they are on Spike TV, and uh, if you watch that, you'll be able to catch the world premiere of the first trailer for the Amazing Spider-Man video game. We've got a brief, like, 10-15 second teaser for you up on Marvel.com right now. It's just a taste of what you've got coming up. Um... And we also released a few new details about the game, uh, such as that it will be an actually an epilogue story to the film. It's in the same world, it's the same Spider-Man, uh, but it is being done as an epilogue story. So it's not an adaptation of the movie into a game. It's actually set after it. It continues the story. Uh, it picks up with Peter Parker and Spider-Man from where he is at the end of the film. It's going to be very cool, also very exciting. It's going to be free roaming, uh, once again, around New York City. If you remember Spider-Man Web of Shadows, which I believe was our last... Uh, Spider-Man free roaming game that was 
awesome to be able to just, you know, swing around the New York City skyline, sort of just explore it on your own, climb up the buildings. Um, so you'll be able to do that again. And uh, the game itself is being developed by Beanox, who did a really amazing job uh, with Spider-Man Shared Dimensions and Spider-Man Edge of Time. They're Canadian. They're lovely. I've been up there to uh, Quebec, I believe, where they're uh, based. Um, they all speak French, as, you know, people in Quebec do, uh, which I actually didn't know until I went up to Quebec, and then all the signs were in French, and I was very lost. Um, so anyway, there's that, uh, and we'll also have the trailer for you uh, very soon afterwards, after the uh, after its premiere at the Video Game Awards on Marvel.com. Uh, in other news, we revealed that Thor will be the final table in the Marvel Pinball uh Vengeance and Virtue, not Virtue and Vice, as Chris Baker always makes fun of me for calling it. Marvel Pinball Vengeance and Virtue, uh, which consists of four tables, two of them being, you know, the Vengeance side, and that's Ghost Rider and Moon Knight, uh, and another two tables being the Virtuous side of Thor and X-Men. Uh, we've got the trailer for Thor up on Marvel.com. It's got tons of Thor action, you know, it's got Loki, it's got the Destroyer, uh, tons of cool stuff, and all four tables will be available as the Marvel Pinball Vengeance and Virtue uh, package um, on PlayStation Network on December 13th and on Xbox Live Arcade on December 14th, I believe, or at least that is what my notes tell me. Uh, we also... Uh, had a Superhero Squad Online Captain Marvel vignette because Captain Marvel is now playable in Superhero Squad Online. Uh, if you haven't played Superhero Squad Online, if you look at it and you think, like, God, oh, looks a little, you know, like, kitty, I don't know, take it from me. I started, I got sucked in. It's awesome uh, for anyone of all ages. If you've got kids, you can get your kids on it, um, but you yourself will probably wind up getting hooked. Uh, if you don't have kids, I still highly recommend just trying it out because it is a ton of fun. Uh, you can play for free at www.heroup.com. I'm a huge, huge fan of Superhero Squad Online and love to um, plug it and shout its praises as much and as frequently as possible. Also, uh, we've got a new episode of the X-Men anime series uh, this Friday on G4 uh, at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, it's episode 8 this time so you know if you've been watching the series you know last time or last week the x-men got stranded in japan they are at this doctor's house dr sasaki who previously ran uh the sasaki academy uh which is kind of like a japanese equivalent of like the charles xavier school but shut down a while back some mysterious stuff going on there's something like lurking in the basement of dr sasaki's labs um and in this episode the x-men find out what he is and they uh get further to the bottom of the mystery of what this uh strange viruses that's only attacking mutants um and yeah it's great stuff uh got great voice acting scott porter cyclops steve bloom wolverine um i don't know i'm really digging it um 
and the animation's incredible. I, I love the animation style. Uh, I think of our four animes, Iron Man, Wolverine, Blade, and X-Men, I think this is my favorite in terms of animation, just because I love the character designs uh, and the art direction and all of that really looks stunning. And last but not least, I cannot leave without pointing out the fact that the Shocker, the uh, greatest Marvel character of all time, and maybe like tied for greatest with like Devil Dinosaur and Moon Boy, when it's, I don't know, um, appeared this week in Villains for Hire number one, which I'm sure Ryan and Ben have already mentioned. But I just wanted to bring up Shocker's Ant. Shocker's great. I give it five shocks out of five on the uh, Strami Shocker meter. Uh, you should definitely pick it up. It's a great book, just on the whole, uh, written by Dan Abnett and Ang Lanning, and drawn by uh, Renato Arlem, I believe. It's, uh, if, you know, if you've read any of Abnett and Lanning's cosmic stuff or any of their uh, Here's for Hire stuff from the past year, uh, you know that they're great at like plot twists and they're great at building suspense and sort of like intrigue. And there's a, there's a very cool uh, premise going on with this series. Um, and it's got the shocker in it. And, yeah, you know, shocker's awesome. Anyway, uh, I will leave it be at that, and uh, I'll send you back to Ryan and Ben. Thank you, Mark. I uh, appreciate all your insight into the wonders of uh, TV and anime and uh, all the action and adventure just, we got. Just great stuff. Great, great stuff. stuff. Thank you. Uh, so, up next, we're going to talk about the latest news of the week. Ben, why don't you go with this? Yes, sir. Well, the biggest news this week, of course, is Avengers vs. X-Men is out there. It's going to be our 2012 major event, Avengers vs. X-Men. Uh, it's a 12-issue series by Brian Bendis, Jason Aaron, Ed Brubaker, Matt Fraction, Jonathan Hickman on the writing chores. The uh, art is going to be split between John Romita Jr., Olivier Coipel, and Adam Kubert. Um, we've been waiting to talk about this book for months. months. Uh, we announced it uh, earlier this week. We did a very cool major event uh, on Wednesday to help facilitate the announcement. We were at Livestream uh, here in downtown New York City where we gave the opportunity. We had all the writers and all the editors involved in the book on Google Plus Hangout, and we directly streamed out basically these guys chatting, um, you know, big video screen style. It was really cool. It was a cool event to be a part of. Fans were able to interact with the creators live. For me, the coolest thing was after we shut down the larger hangout, we, uh, or rather we shut down the live stream, uh, we invited some fans to come in to the hangout. So basically, it's like imagine getting to a video conference call with the five biggest writers in comics as a fan, and they're solely concentrating on you answering your questions. Blew my mind. I had never obviously had any opportunity like that you know when i was when i was growing up reading these things so that's just the coolest thing to me but there's avx news everywhere it's all over the site um we have videos we have news we have interviews and it's just the beginning we have so much stuff we're so excited about this book um it's the first time that the avengers and x-men have really truly gone to war full scale uh, it involves the phoenix it involves hope it involves the scarlet witch uh it involved so many incredible elements. It's going to be bigger than big. 12 issues, two issues a month, uh, beginning in April. There's going to be tie-ins and all the Avengers and X-Men books. Uh, you know, we're going to learn a lot more to come, but that was really the big, 
big news this week, but we did have other news as well. Uh, we continued our Secret Avengers Spotlight series, um, where Rick Remender is telling us about the various members of the Secret Avengers. Uh, we had Beast this week. We had Captain Britain. Today we're putting out Ant-Man. Um, we also had uh, news on the Marvel Comics app 3.0. Ryan, if you want to talk about that for a second. Sure. Uh, yeah, the, the 3.0 app released um, last week. It adds, you know, we talked about this a little bit last yeah, week, we I, I believe, we as did. well. Yeah, right. This um, is deja vu. Yeah, a little bit of deja vu, but yeah. it's, it's, it's good. It's, it's still relevant. Proper organization really enhances uh, search and organization and, and gives some more options for the way you, you view your library and get your comics. And um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, we're just constantly trying to elevate the quality and the usability of the Marvel Comics app. So I, I hope you guys dig it. In additional digital news, we have Halo, the graphic novel series we've been doing, the comic series we've been doing, are now available on the Barnes & Noble Nook. So that's a new way to read Halo. So that's something we're really excited about. Yep. Um, we had a pair of live blogs uh, last Friday. And then on Monday, on Friday, we spoke with Brian Wood about Wolverine and the X-Men, Alpha and Omega. And then on Monday, we spoke with Chris Yost and Ryan Stegman, about Scarlet Spider. Uh, if you've never been to one of our live blogs, basically you come to a chat. Uh, there's a call going on with these creators. We let you know what's going on. We also ask their questions to you. It's a really cool way to, again, you know, we're trying to pioneer a lot of ways to interact with creators, stuff we never had available, but we want to make available to you. Um, we're going to have another live blog coming up soon, so keep your eyes on Marvel.com, but you can also check these out, the Wolverine, the X-Men, and the Scarlet Spider live blogs. You can replay those. All our live blogs are replayable. Also, if you're a Facebook user, if you go to facebook.com slash marvel and you look on the left-hand side of our page, well, first, make sure you friend us, uh, fan us, whatever it is that you do on the Facebooks. Um, friends, yeah, you yeah, friend them. Yeah, you friend them. Uh, so once you do that, if you look on the left-hand side in all our, our tabs and our pages, you'll see that there's a Marvel live blog actual section. Uh, so you can go in there and you can check out um, the, the latest live blog. And uh, follow along directly in Facebook, which is super fun. As I mentioned earlier, we've been doing some introducing features on the guys who are working on the Marvel Holiday special. So that's very cool. You can, you can meet creators for the first time. Guys like Miljenko Horvetic, whose name we love. Andrew Trebald, Curtis Weebay. Uh, we've got a couple more coming up today. we got another one tomorrow, so that's a lot of fun. Uh, adding on to the ABX stuff in a way, we interviewed Alan Heinberg on Tuesday in our Tuesday Q&A about Avengers the Children's Crusade, which is going to end up playing a major role in Avengers X-Men. It's basically the lead-in. Um, we showed a lot of preview art from Jim Chung. It's a great book. Uh, we had some news on X-Sanction today, which is also going to lead into that. And then uh, across across the board, we also talked about the Thor bottle opener, yep. which I'm super excited about. Diamond, Diamond Select, Select action. Uh, we talked about Thor joining the Marvel pinball tables. Yep, he's the last table for Marvel pinball, Vengeance and Virtue. Yep, Stromio wasn't here to screw that up this week. Um, and we've got previews for X-Men anime episode 8. We've also got news on Superhero Squad up online and the various Marvel Knights animation projects. So check all this news out. We've got more coming by the second on Marvel.com. Totally. Uh, up next, we're going to have uh, our first guest really on This Week in Marvel. We're going to bring in Nick Lowe. Nick, give the fans a little bit of insight. I uh, oversee the entire X-Men line. I edit uh, several X-Men books like Uncanny X-Men, Uncanny X-Force, uh, Adjectiveless X-Men, Generation Hope, and I oversee my cohorts like Daniel Ketchum, Jordan White, Janine Schaefer, Sebastian Gurner on their books uh, as well. Cool. Cohorts. Uh, 
cohorts indeed. Need. I like that. And they are a hearty crew. Yeah. Uh, we will let you know that we we made X Club number one, our pick of the week, our yes. sleeper of the week. Yeah. Oh. Love that book. There is that is a uh, metric ton of crazy, and I say metric because Cy Spurrier writes it, and he's from jolly old England, <laughs> and uh, he preferred that way. Look at that, Nick Love, group editor. Great there you go. Boom. Right in there. Boom. Right there. Uh, tell us a little bit about AVX and the event we did yesterday. Oh, okay, so AVX, uh, the event we did yesterday uh, was a ton of fun. We went out on live stream and Google Hangout, and we told everyone the details about AVX, which is that it's a 12-issue series. It starts in April, although there's a prologue in March. Uh, five of the best writers that Marvel has, that's Bendis, Aaron, Brubaker, Hickman, Fraction, um, and three of the very best artists, Ramita Jr., Koi Pell, and Adam Kubert. Uh, I give him a first name because right, there's another Kubert in this industry, yeah. a lesser Kubert. There are two. Ooh, we have. There are two, there are two lesser Kuberts to our Adam I, I, would be, I would be careful talking. <laughs> yeah, talk about the, Joe will come and punch Joe you in the will face. Come right in here. Joe could probably still take me, but yeah. I, I, but you know, for this book, yep. I will I will risk wow. that. Nice. That says uh, something. So yeah, so it, it's an amazing series. I I'm working on it with uh, Tom Brevoort is the series editor of the AVX series. And uh, he and Axel and I are kind of the editorial side of working on this book. And it has been an, a tremendous process working with those five talented writers and those uh, two talented editors. Uh, I was glad to be able to give my expertise, you know, really help the, them along. Because they, without me, what oh, is that? Because you've got experience. You've done red carpet events. You've it's really true. been the face of <laughs> Marvel, true. you know, throughout. But. Yep. You know, as unbiased as you stayed, there were some times where you you, you threw down with uh, Avengers editor Tom Brevoort a little yeah, bit. Yeah, well, I, I, I have a lot of pity for Tom. Yeah, sure. Uh, he course. doesn't have a lot going for him. He's right. not very smart. He is uh, not very handsome. Right. And in he, I mean, there's there's that pungent smell that just right. Of course. You know, but yeah, I, I like to help him out wherever I can, in, in however I can, and like you know, I mean, the Avengers books. There's nowhere near what the X-Men books are. And, and, you know, I think it's my duty to, you know, help him out a little bit there. Yeah, I'm really, I'm going to be looking forward to the Tom Brevoort, Joe Kubert um, team up. <laughs> um, t- <laughs> they're just going to visit Nick yeah. and kind of take, I'm doing air quotes, take him out to lunch. <laughs> and we may never see him. Well, again. I hope we go someplace nice. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, you know. it'll be near the ocean. <laughs> I guarantee you that. Oh, seafood. <laughs> um, all right, fantastic. I do not want to take part in any of the bashing of anybody. So um, what we usually do this week in Marvel is we go into fan questions, and we've got a bunch of AVX fan questions, so we figured want to have you in here. Let's do it. Talk Makes a little sense. bit about AVX uh, from the fans. So um, first question is from on Twitter from Drew Bullock. says, is the primary team of Avengers that will be taking on the X-Men, or is it different factions fighting one another? It will be all of the Avengers taking on all of the X-Men. There is not like a specific book on book. It's not just the uh, like new Avengers or just the adjectiveless Avengers versus just the uncanny X-Men. It is everyone. All hands on deck. Uh, and there'll be some, you know, there's the gray area ones like Wolverine and Storm and stuff like that. But uh, but the, it, it is a total all-out AVX fest. I like that like we've never used adjectiveless Avengers. We always use it for X Men yeah. because X Men wasn't the original book. But mm-hmm. I think that could catch on. Yeah, adjectiveless Avengers. Absolutely. We have a, a question from Young Victor Gishler who says, uh, "Yes, I have a question about AVX. 
Who are these Avengers and what's going on? I, I, that's a very good question. I, I mean, like, I know there's some uh, supposed to be a movie coming out, but, you know, I, right. it's, uh, I, I hear that they're a franchise, but, I mean, I don't really pay attention to the lesser franchises mm-hmm. in, in, in comics. Right. Just the X-Men. Uh, question from Luis Carlosos says, yes, Luis. what are the Marvel villains going to be doing during AVX? I think they're going to be playing a lot of cribbage. Um, they, I think they've got a round-robin cribbage tournament coming up. Uh, you need to watch out for Modoc. Yeah. I mean, short arms, but that guy uh, knows yeah. his cribbage board. Yeah. Um, and he cheats. But that's certainly true. Yeah. But they all do. So it's they kinda... all do. We've got a question from uh, Mario Lupoy, from, uh, who is, uh, he works at Panini. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And he says, how will the AVX Maxi series interact with the regular Avengers and X-Men titles? Uh, it will affect them in a huge way. Uh, all, most of the Avengers and X-Men books will be tying in to the event. There will be a few exceptions um, in both the X and Avengers line that will be the clean entry point if people aren't interested in AVX, which they must be crazy, let's yeah, be honest. Crazy. But it, but for uh, for those crazy people, though, we'll, there will be places they can go. But for the non-crazy people, all of your uh, your favorite Avengers and X-Men books will be uh, hit hard by AVX. Very good. Um, question from Pat Loika. Better team-up move, Hawkeye's Ant-Man Arrow or the Piotr Logan Fastball Special? Uh, I gotta say, uh, the fastball special. Really, I'm surprised yeah. by that. Yeah, that, was, that really comes that, out of well, my field. Kind of yeah, I mean, well, I'm a, I'm a big Hawkeye fan, but oh, wow. uh, but I mean, Wolverine. It ends up being Wolverine versus Ant Man in the end. I mean, That's like true. really, it's That's just true. the delivery <laughs> method that changes. And I'm I'm, I'm not gonna go Ant Man on that one. Fair enough. Uh, final AVX question. Can, this one is from Calvin Ball eighty six. Okay. Can we expect to see Kurt Dark Darkholm during AVX? Is he going to appear in other titles besides Uncanny X Force? Uh, he, right now he is mainly staying in Uncanny X Force. I think he uh, he prefers to be below the radar. You're going to see a little bit more of this in Uncanny X Force nineteen. Uh, will be a lot of information about him and what he's uh, staying here to do. It's not just he's not just right. staying here because he he's good pals with Uncanny X Force. Uh, in fact, you'll find out he is not good pals <laughs> with Uncanny X Force. Just clarify, this is of course the Age of Apocalypse Nightcrawler who's going to be uh, featuring in Uncanny X Force. Indeed, indeed, and I appreciate that for, uh, from Calvin Ball eighty six. I mean, he's not my favorite Calvin Ball, but. You know, we'll take for it. sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we got a couple more questions, Nick. Why don't you stick around while we, we wrap these up? Sounds good. Mind? Cool. Absolutely. Um, this one from Captain Malcolm on Twitter. Are Defenders, Winter Soldier, and Avengers X Sanction going to be day and date digital? Um, so by April of 2012, pretty much just about all our books will be uh, available in print and digital same day, which is terrific. We know a lot of fans are looking forward to that. Um, Defenders... Were, I don't know if Defenders was same day digital this week. Look it up. Look, look at it. It was. It's it on. Was. It's up there. Defenders is day and day digital. So boom, you get your Defenders. Extinction, I'm pretty yeah, sure it will be. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Um, all our X Men books are same day digital. Yeah. So you can get Extinction. Yeah. Uh, as far as Winter Soldier, are the X Men books among the first books to be day and day digital? It was first. It was Spider Man. Right. In September, the X Men books went in October. The Ultimate right. books have been uh, same day digital for a while. I just noticed. 
that. I think Niccolo yep. pioneered that. It's true. I, I mean, I did create digital comics right. in general. I know, known fact. Yeah, I yeah. know how important it was to you that the X-Men books get up there before the Avengers books. Oh, absolutely. Because uh, the fans deserve well, it. Well, it's not just important to me. It's important to the world at large. Right. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Um, Winter Soldier is going to be a launch for us, so I... I'm going to bet money that it will be same-day digital, but I can't that. guarantee. I'll take that bet. Yeah. I mean, it's a Tom Brevoort book, so you never know what's going to happen. I mean, <laughs> right. it might not even come out. Who knows? Fair enough. Uh, uh, next question from the Arnie C. Any ETA when Blade anime will air, and how about Blu-ray releases of the anime series? Uh, Blade anime, don't know specifically if we've given it a time frame. It's coming soon. It is definitely coming, coming soon. soon. Uh we will look on Marvel.com for that information. Uh, Blu-ray releases of the anime series. I, I anticipate, you know, once they're all out, mm-hmm. um, they're all completed, sort of like we did with the Marvel Knights animation. You'll see, um, you know, you'll see them available uh, to purchase, uh, which we hope so. We want you to, to keep them and rewatch them as much as you like. Mm-hmm. On those giant TVs. Big old TVs. Uh, question from Ram SD3N. How would you... Ramsden, I guess? Ramsden, yeah. Yeah, little elite speak there. Um, The question is, is Executioner Song in the digital pipeline suggestions for a good story arc to read during Exodus? So there's two questions there. And one, preface this for Mr. Nick Lowe. Yeah. Um, Executioner Song is widely believed by everyone on this podcast to be the greatest story ever created. Pretty much. Uh, It it is far better than War and Peace. Oh, yeah. What? Uh, It it makes... um, what it makes James Joyce Ulysses look like right. a children's book. Yeah. yeah, pretty much is. Yeah, you're you're right. You're right. Yeah. Uh, it is it is a high a work of high literature. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's it's not there. There are chapters available digitally, but we don't have the full. And that's on Marvel Digital Comics. I don't know about the you app. know. I did not know yeah. this that that was the case. Yeah, I'm going to make this my personal mission. As yeah. Executioner Song is what got me into X Men comics yep. in the beginning. All around. And uh, this this is a tragedy. Yeah, it's, this is the Hindenburg tragedy of our generation. Right. And so I need to make sure we can get this all up on digital. Agreed. Yeah, I think we need to get that up ASAP. And, I, and the other thing for I, I noticed this tweet earlier in the week, and you know you can't you can't blame Ramsden no. because it's just ignorance. Um, and we are here to fight ignorance, but Ramsden, uh, you don't spell Executioner's Song E-X-E. No, that's no. It's, oh, it's X hyphen Cutioners. That's, that's how you do it. And you know what? It's, it's not too late for you. You can yeah. change, and that's partially our fault. We need to get those books up digitally yeah. so you understand. But yeah, that's not how you spell Executioner's. I, maybe that's how they spelled it back in the 1800s. Now, and now, but but his desire makes me overlook that, and uh, coupled coupled with the fact that I once misspelled on a cover Isaac Newton. So, mm. uh, like you know, I mean that's right. that's not very good. The darkest hour. Yeah, it really was <laughs> one of my darkest hours. Right. Um, well, at least you man up to it, and you can yeah. say this um, is what I did. This it was my fault. Yeah, yeah. it was my fault. Um, so his other question was suggestions for a good story arc to read during Xmas. Uh, a good story arc to read during Christmas. I mean, there are. About five or six amazing X Men Christmas issues. You've got a bunch of them. You got the Kitty Pride Alone in the Mansion right that, around there, and that has actually just been released in the Days of Future uh, Days of Future Past trade paperback it that has. we just released mm-hmm. as um, Kitty versus N- the Nagari during the holidays. Yep. She's alone in the in the mansion. It's a, a favorite of, of everyone here. Yep. Uh, then another one of my favorites, the '90s one, where they all go, where the X Men. Joe Mad draws it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. They all go to uh, Rockefeller Center, yep. go ice skating. Uh, Joseph takes Rogue up on the yep. roof, has kiss his device, on the kiss on the forehead that we never so really see again. That device, yep. 
It's just still no. near Rockefeller Center, I think. That's the the Zanox. It's it's on the, the top of the rock. Yeah, <laughs> top of the rock. And so if you go up there, you can kiss any rogue anytime. Rogue, <laughs> and she's just waiting <laughs> yeah, for you. Just and then and then, uh, but then the other one they I should point them at is that there are uh, we did some new digital holiday stories that are yeah. up on um, the yeah we were talking about those earlier that have yep. I mean Kitty Pride is is in one of those a Hanukkah themed one with the thing and mm-hmm. and Kitty amongst others. You got a cool Spider-Man one, an incredible Nick Fury one. Yes, that's probably my favorite of the bunch. We are we are talking and, about that later today. But yeah. speaking, but the, but the most X-Men centric one though, which is delightful, is uh, Wolverine and the X-Men right. holiday story up there where they play one. hockey. Yeah, yeah. And it's Sherber, it's um, Patrick Sherberger. Sherberger is on the art. The, there's a new writer who uh, will never Curtis forgive me. Curtis Weebay. There we go. Yeah. There we go. With a K. Curtis with a K. Curtis with a K. Yeah. He did a terrific job, and Sherberger, you can't go wrong. Anyway, those are my suggestions. Cool. Um, question from X Michael Shirley, and this one is weird. Uh, why is Nick Fury black now? Is the question. Um, uh, you know, it's an e- it's a, it's not even a mistake to make. Uh, I don't ask why aren't I black now. Well, I mean, Ultimate Nicolo. It's he, I hope so. Yeah. Ultimate Nicolo, there's a lot of things you need to you need to learn about him. All right, he's I got quite a vast. But, yeah. but actually, I'm going to try to explain to you. Uh, Nick Fury, the character's been around since the '60s uh, in the normal Marvel universe, is a Caucasian guy. Um, so he and that remains the same. But Ultimate Nick Fury is an African American. Um, that translation has carried over into the Marvel films, where Samuel L. Jackson plays Nick Fury. Great actor, great opportunity for us. And in a lot of the Marvel animation, you know, you'll often see the African American Nick Fury. So understand your confusion, but it's actually uh, it's 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 just different portrayals. It's been in that way for ten universes. years. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Ultimate Universe takes the characters, changes them up, puts them in different ways, and it's, yeah. it's great. Let's see a question from Ms. Marvel Girl, uh, one our of our, our All Star listeners, number, our number one fan. Yeah. All right. Question is: If you could squinkify one character within the six one six universe so that they appeared in squinky proportions in book who would you who would this be now nick lowe is looking at me askance completely confused by this question it sounds dirty it's not <laughs> it um, sounds as dirty. we've talked about on previous episodes of this week in marvel the squinkies are a line of marvel collectibles ah. they're super deformed little rubber toys you can i can show you i can actually give you some if you'd like sweet i have some at my desk um, so they're they're tiny little chubby, cute looking versions okay. of Marvel right. characters. Really cute. Um, you know, there's a lot of characters who are squinkified and sort of to see them in book, you can, you can sort of look at the X babies as yeah. already sort of versions yeah. of Squinkies. Um, they've already been done. Uh, in Wolverine the X Men, you have the little bamps nope, the running bamps. around yeah, that are bamps. kind of squinkified. We're gonna find out more about them. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna find out more about them. Good. Yep, and I like that. Um, so yeah, you can you can see those superhero squad. Like if you look at Modok, he's he's sort of super deformed. But we have to choose one. Yeah, I would squeakify Deadpool. All right, I would squeakify Deadpool because we have him in so many books. He's guest around places. For me, you know, the fun would be seeing him like in the Uncanny X Force lineup, and they're getting ready to do something. You know, they're doing the classic Michael Bay walk towards the walk away from the explosion yeah. shot, and you've got like Phantom X, Wolverine, and Psylocke looking all badass, and then tiny little Deadpool. Tiny little deformed okay, Deadpool. Yeah, I like that. It'd also be like uh, Little Deadpool from back in the day. Uh, yeah. Love Little, little yeah. Deadpool. Um, and I would go with Thanos just because, you know, flip the script and he would still kill half the universe. Yeah, I like that. I, I was going to say Juggernaut 
mainly because it makes. I hope that his voice would become really high then too. Uh, almost to get the same delight that you get when the Doberman Pinscher and Up starts talking, <laughs> and that, that just fills me with delight. So the now idea is this Colossus Juggernaut or Kane Marco Juggernaut? Uh, probably. Uh, I think Colossus Juggernaut, they, they both work. Right. But I would say uh, original Juggernaut because it would be sillier. Because Colossus Juggernaut ain't too silly. But Colossus no. Juggernaut would have the Russian accent. That's true. Which would be... Very high Russian crazy. accent. Mm, yeah. Comedy. Squeaky Russian accent. Ben, I think you're wrong. Ooh. Well, ooh. I, uh, <laughs> I think, I think Tom, Are you going to team up with Tom Brevoort and Joe Kubert? I may have to call them after this. <laughs> Tag team. Yeah. Uh, all right. So our final question of the week comes from Spidey004. Uh, what is our favorite all-time Marvel video game? Um, I'm a huge gamer, love video games. I'll, I'll answer that last. Nick, are you a big gamer? I'm not a big gamer, but I do have a favorite, and it was the X-Men arcade game. Yes. Back in the day. Back oh. in the day, I played a lot of that in arcades yeah, yeah. when I was a kid. And if you, uh, if you have an iPhone, an Android, uh, iPad. I have it on here. Um, you have Xbox, you have PlayStation uh, 3. You can get the X Men arcade game right now. The X Men arcade game was the executioner's song of the video <laughs> it really games, was. which was, you know, the War and Peace of comics, which was et cetera, et cetera, Nobel mm-hmm. Prize, go on. Yeah, I might say War and Peace is the is the executioner's <laughs> song, song of novels. novels. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, Fair enough. Has it earned that? We'll, we'll have to time see. I've never read it. Who has time to read that? Time Ooh. will tell. Yeah. History will be the no judge pictures. of that. Oh God. Um, for me, it's tough. Uh, I do love the X-Men arcade game so, so much, but uh, I think the most money I put into arcade games would go to the um, Marvel Super Heroes fighting game, oh, yeah. the second Capcom fighting game for Marvel, where um, you basically had to fight Thanos and you know the Infinity Gems, and it's this whole sort of play on the Infinity Gauntlet saga. Um, I think... That would be my favorite of all time, but um, there's a game that we haven't announced yet that, um, if it all works out, could be the greatest Marvel game of all time. Awesome. So, we'll see about that one. I think pound for pound, X-Men arcade game, just, it's untouchable mm-hmm. for, for, for all the reasons Nick didn't say. Um, <laughs> but, if you have to go, because just because it's the same video game, maybe, assuming it's home console when you can play at home, because X-Men arcade game was never released, I mean, it's released on the apps now, but you can play it at home. Um, Ultimate Alliance is pretty insane. Oh, yeah. That was just hours of fun. I also have a soft spot for for Captain America and the Avengers back in the 90s. Nick's looking at you. would hate it. You would hate it. Oh, yeah. I mean, they have secondary characters. Why would I play it? Yeah, they Um, threw him a bone, gave him a video game. Yeah. 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 Awesome. All right. Well, that's the end of This Week in Marvel, Episode 6. We want to thank uh, Mark Strom for delivering his riveting... Seven and a half minutes of animation news and information. Uh, we want to thank Nick Lowe for joining us. Nick, how can fans find you on the Twitters? Uh, my Twitter is Nick underscore Lowe underscore. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm Agent underscore M on Twitter. Ben is Ben J Morse on Twitter. Make sure you use the hashtag This Week in Marvel. Uh, send us more questions. Let us know what you think of the, the show. You can download it on Marvel.com, on iTunes. We'll figure out how to get it other places like the moon we'll yeah. get it all over the place we can do it yeah, yeah. We'll do building it. it's been done to the, to the, it's true the we'll, we'll, we'll get Madison Jeffries on the phone yeah. awesome horny horny Madison Jeffries well yeah he loves the robot yeah um, yeah I think that's a good good point to end the step thank you guys <laughs> this is Marvel your universe